Trevor, we're so pleased to have you with us again. Um, it's always a privilege to be able to welcome you. Thank you. Uh, we are in this season at the moment where we're looking at holiness. And we're taking a, a really practical look at holiness and what it means for us to be a holy people. And I know that um, you've prepared something special for us this morning, yeah. and I'm not going to steal any of your thunder, but I just want to pray for you as we can. <laughs> Father, thank you. Thank you so much that uh, you've enabled Trevor to be here with us this morning. Thank you for what you've laid on his heart. Thank you for the message that he's prepared to bring to us this morning. And Father, through what he says and shares with us this morning, may we get a fresh revelation of your love and your glory and your majesty and what it means to be followers of you. Thank you, Father. Mm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Andy. Well, you're going to do something today that you've never done before, so uh, look forward to an interesting morning, and um, you certainly won't fall asleep. Um, I think you'll find that there'll be a, a blessing for you this morning. Now, I, in the um, end of Exodus 40, it says this, Then the cloud covered the tent of the meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And I don't know who it was, somebody who couldn't stand up and come to the front? Yes, okay, thank you. Thank you for bringing that. That's the end point of what was happening this morning. If we get filled with, with the cloud in here, then we'll really know that God has come in a big way. But uh, I believe that we're going to meet with God in a practical way this morning. Anybody up for that? Good. That's great. Now, I don't know if you've ever come across the film Stargate. The, the, the premise of the film is that archaeologists have found some bits of, um, of stone that seem to fit together in some way, but they can't quite work out what the jigsaw puzzle until some bright guy comes along and he says, oh, you've got it all wrong, it's this way around. They put it together and they have an access through from this world to another one. Well, I mean, the rest of it's all sort of sci-fi stuff. But, uh, but the principle of it is that God has given us a way to connect with heaven here on earth if we put the pieces together right. Do you get the picture? And one of the keys to it and one of the things that, that will help us to understand how we're going to do that is something that... God said very clearly to Moses, he said to build the tabernacle and he said, make sure that you do everything exactly as I tell you. And there was a very good reason for it. Because every part of the tabernacle speaks to us, almost shouts to us of Jesus. And this morning, we're going to have a look at the tabernacle in a rather different way. And I hope that you'll go with me, physically go with me through the tabernacle and meet with God in a way that touches your heart. What I'd like us to do then is to clear the chairs because they're in the way. I'd like to use this half of the hall for uh, what we're going to do. So any chairs that are redundant, put them at the back. 
And let's have all the chairs over that side and all the bodies over that side and we'll have plenty of room to do what we need to do. Now we're going to be looking at um, Exodus 40 in a moment. But first of all, can I just pick out a few verses from Hebrews because Hebrews is the key to understanding Exodus 40. And it says here in Hebrews chapter 8 about the priests And it says, they serve at a sanctuary that is a copy and shadow of what is in heaven. It's a copy of what is in heaven. So in heaven, there is the real thing, the tabernacle, the sanctuary is a copy of that. Okay? That is why Moses was warned when he was about to build the tabernacle, see to it that you make everything according to the pattern shown you on the mountain. Now, what was the pattern he was shown on the mountain? Well, Exodus 40 tells us, and we're going to walk through this one, and we'll start from verse 17. There's a lot more about the tabernacle, all the poles and the the different colours used and the patterns used and all the rest of it. We're not going to get too involved in that kind of detail, but what we are going to look at are the essential elements. And there were six of those, and we're going to see what those six are. And it tells us not only what those elements are, but also where they were placed in the tabernacle. And here we have our tabernacle, just here. And we're going to lay it out. So the tabernacle was set up on the first day of the month of the second year. Then Moses, this is from verse 17 of Exodus 40. Then Moses set up the tabernacle. He put the bases in place, erected the frames, inserted the crossbars, set up the posts. And then he spread the tent over the tabernacle and put the covering over the tent as the Lord commanded him. He took the testimony. Now what's the testimony? The the ark. Yes, it's it's a box. It was two cubits, which is about three uh, foot long and 18 inches square. So we've got a plastic box to do the job today. And it says power reels and small speakers on top of it. But I think we can ignore that. But the plastic box will be a demonstration to us of the of the Ark of the Covenant. Now, the fabulous thing about the Ark of the Covenant is it was just a wood box, but inside it, it was overlaid with gold, but inside it, it had the Ten Commandments, the the two um, pieces of stone that had the Ten Commandments on them, written by the finger of God, and then it had a branch from a tree that was uh, in leaf, in bud, in flower and in fruit at the same time, and it never died. Oh, it's just amazing. It had a sample of manna. And normally, manna didn't last more than a day except on the Sabbath. But this lasted all the time. I mean, there was something very special about the presence of God indicating life going on and no death. So it's a wonderful box, <laughs> and it had a cherubim on top um, and their wings it was just amazing you can read about it but there this is the focus of the tabernacle the ark of the covenant now 
as it says in Hebrews, it was only once a year that the high priest was able to go into the most holy place. And so what they did was they separated out the ark from, from the, the rest of the tent with a curtain. Now, I haven't got a curtain with me exactly, but I have got a piece of tape which I'll put across here. Um, let's do it here. And indicate where the curtain was. So we've got the Ark of the Covenant, and that is now behind a curtain. Now the rest of the items, we'll see what it says. Coming back, the testimony was placed in the Ark, attached to the poles to the Ark, and put in the put the atonement cover over it. Then he brought the Ark into the tabernacle, hung the shielding curtain, and shielded the Ark of the Testimony as the Lord commanded him. Moses placed the table in the tent of meeting on the north side of the tabernacle, outside the curtain, and set out the bread on it before the Lord. Now it does specify in the... Um, we'll put a table here. This has got bread on it. And that bread was refreshed every day. So there was always fresh bread there. And, it, and Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He that eats of me shall always live. The bread here is just ordinary bread, but it's on the table and it's fresh bread and it speaks of the presence of Jesus. So then what else have we got? So this is the north side of the tabernacle outside the curtain. And he placed the lampstand in the tent of meeting opposite the table. Now that's that one over there on the south side of the tabernacle. Perhaps I ought to have done that the other way around. So that's a lampstand and this is a table. It makes it clearer, doesn't it, when you can visualize what it is. There we are. There's a table with bread on it. And over that side was the, what do they call it, menorah or something. It was, it was made out of one chunk of gold. Gold is infinitely malleable. It's um, the technical term for material that you can change its, its shape continuously without it work hardening. If you do that with copper, it gets to a point where it's so rigid that it cracks. But with gold, you can do that. So they, they've made this out seven-branch lamp out of gold, and it was fed with oil. And there was a continual light. The light in this area was provided by that lamp. And what does the oil speak to us of? Holy Spirit. A continual flow of Holy Spirit bringing light to all that's around. So there we are. We've got a don't get too confused, please. This is table, lamp. Right, okay, that's, that's the starting point. We're going to need something else in a minute. Uh, Moses placed the gold altar in the tent of meeting in front of the curtain and burnt fragrant incense on it as the Lord commanded him. Then he put up the curtain at the entrance of the tabernacle. So here we are. We've got this one here. But we do need... I'm going to put a couple of chairs together just to indicate this. 
This is the incense altar where fragrant incense was burnt in order to fulfill their, their work in the, the, the fragrance then was rising to the Lord. And what does that speak to us of? Prayer, exactly. Prayer, rising to the Lord. It, it says in Revelation that he collects our prayers. How wonderful, isn't it? No prayer is wasted. There was somebody who came to the church we were leading in, in Gosport, and, and uh, one of the things he said that's always stuck with me is, when we pray, God always does something. What a wonderful thing, isn't it? So there we are. We've got an incense altar that speaks of prayer. Now, we've got another curtain. And there's, there's a little bit of dispute as to where this one goes. And some people will probably tell me that I just haven't read it adequately, but you're probably right. One way or another, there is another curtain giving access to the uh, tabernacle. But just uh, somewhere here, either this side or that side, I'm not quite sure, there is a laver. That is a bowl with water in it. Okay, symbolism, what's this? Uh, speaking? Washing, yes. Sorry? Purification, yeah. Baptism, lovely. We've got, we got a, a full quote there. Um, along with Ephesians 5 that says, the washing of water with the word. There's great symbolism there. So Jesus is the word. Again, so everything's speaking of Jesus. So we've got the laver there that was used for washing because... This all started out with something much more substantial at the, f at the beginning. I'll just move it out here because we need a really big item here. What's this one? The altar of sacrifice. That is the place where the animals were slaughtered. Let's read on and see what it says. He set the altar of burnt offering near the entrance to the tabernacle and offered on it burnt offerings and grain offerings as the Lord commanded him. He placed the basin between the tent meeting and the altar and put water in it for washing. And Moses and Aaron and his sons used it to wash their hands and feet. They washed whenever they entered the tent of meeting or approached the altar as the Lord commanded Moses. Then he set up the tabernacle courtyard and the altar and put up the curtain and Moses finished the work. Once he'd done so, the cloud came and the presence of the Lord was there. What we, we do then is we look at this here and we think, right, okay, it's got a leg down here and it's got a leg across there. Hello, what shape is this? Now, this is a thousand years before Jesus was born. The Romans had not come into power. They had not devised their death and torture methods. 
But God had already, before the foundation of the world, he, Christ, had prepared to die for us. God knew what was going on. It was no surprise to him. But that's why God said to Moses, be very careful that you lay it out exactly as I tell you, because this is going to speak about Jesus. It's got an an eternal word here. So we come to the foot of the cross, and what's the first thing we do? We say, Lord, I'm sorry for all the sins that I've committed. I need your blood to wash away my sins. And we come with a sacrifice that is effective every single day because it, it, it can never be worn out, God's ability to forgive us through the blood of Jesus. We come to purification. We come and we are washed and cleansed because of what God has done for us. We come into this holier place here and we go to the bread And we say, thank you, Jesus, that you're the bread of life. Thank you, Lord, for the freshness of your relationship with me every single day. Thank you, Lord, for your Holy Spirit that continually gives me light in my life, gives me opportunity to connect with you in an intimate, personal way. Thank you, Lord, I come and offer these prayers to you. And then thank you, Lord, that I come through the broken curtain into the presence of God. I'm going to invite you to come and do that. Do you want to get up and come and, come and walk through it? And don't be uh, surprised if when you come to the end there, you sense God's presence in a way you've never done before. Or in a way, perhaps you have, but it's re-excited in you. I've found that, um, as I've done this in various places, God has come and met with those who sincerely seek him. Let's come and do it. Come, come with me. We're not that good in new churches at, at coming with confession. Come, come, come right over. Be bold. Come into his presence. And, uh, and uh, we, it's it, all the... Um, yeah, come right through. There are lots of people. It, it's quite usual in uh, liturgy to, to have a time of confession. Can I just in, invite you right now? Just come and thank Jesus for the sacrifice he made on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for your blood shed for us. Lord, we see in your word that it says that the blood of bulls and goats cannot wash away sins, but your blood can. Thank you for the gift of, of forgiveness through your son, Jesus. Lord, as we start this journey, we come to be washed by you, washed by your blood. Do move through just as you feel you'd like to. Move through here to the, um, the washing of water. Just meditate on what God has done. Just think about these things. Thank you, Lord, for you.
all you've done in Christ. Lord, that speaks to us of Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the washing of water with the word. Thank you for the purification that you give to us. Thank you for what you've done in our baptism. If you've not been baptized, perhaps this is a place to come to terms with what God's saying to you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the bread of your presence. Thank you that you're with us. The the incense altar speaks of prayer and our, our connection with the Father. what we read in Hebrews 9 when everything had been arranged like this that was in the tabernacle the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry but only the high priest entered the inner room and that only once a year and never without blood which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people who committed in ignorance the Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. And then it says in Hebrews 10, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, this is verse 19, chapter 10, by a new and living way opened up for us through the curtain, that is his body. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience, having our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Now I don't know what you felt and what you experienced as you went through that. But it is a picture to us of how we can come into the presence of God. That we can come imagining each of these things. The the sacrifice that Jesus has been through. The washing. The bread. The lamp the uh, fragrant incense and then through the curtain into his presence. Do you know that's a really helpful meditation when we're coming to meet with the Lord, to have that in mind and just go through those things. It speaks to us. Every single item speaks to us of Jesus. And I'd really encourage you to do that and to enjoy the presence of the Lord as you do so. Anybody want to share Anything that has happened to them as they've gone through this? I think Thank the um, overriding thing that came across to me, we were talking about confession and, and these things that are in the tabernacle and that were put there, but 
was that actually everything that was put in place was God's provision. Okay. So often we're told that, you know, as Christians, what we believe and what we think about is a human construct. It was put there to help us get along in life. But that whole thing shows that actually God put it in place. And it's God's provision. It's his grace. Yeah. It's, it's what he's given us. And we're, on, we're able to walk through that and into through the curtain because God's done it and he's made a way. Great. Thank you very much. Lovely. Any others? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. For those who couldn't hear, just talking about this picture indicating uh, Jesus coming back and being the assurance of that. What a glorious thing to look forward to. Great. Anna, thank you. Well, I didn't want to leave the Lord's presence. I could have stayed there all day, and I really felt his presence there. And he just reminded me of a picture he gave me earlier in the week, which was, it was for me personally, but it was just, um, I just saw his eyes as I was seeking the Lord. I saw his eyes, and, and I just thought, oh, beautiful eyes they are. And then I realized it was the eyes of a lion. And I know it sounds like Aslan, and I don't remember the film, the books. I'm not one of those people who remembers things. But, but as I looked into his eyes, it just made me want to just get hold of his ears and tweak them. Now, we've got dogs, and we do scrunchy ears with our dogs. And it was like that. I was playing with him. And I was, it was like I was lying, sort of facing him, and he was lying facing me. And then we were just enjoying each other. And then he took a paw and he sort of rolled me onto my back. And again, it's dog related. <laughs> Sorry, mm. our dogs come into everything. But he was doing tickle tums on me. So he was just sort of playing with me. You know, just we were just being there, just enjoying each other's presence. And that's what I felt when I was there. Standing by a plastic box, for goodness sake. Mm. God's presence was there. And um, yeah, it's just, just, you just reminded me of that picture and how he wants that intimacy, true intimacy with us. That was so powerful. I, I've not, not actually experienced anything like that for such a long time. But, um, that's amazing. Uh, just the box and chair can bring you like that. Yeah. It's just incredible. I just couldn't, I could have wept at the prayer thing because every time you, you utter something to God in desperation, and I'm just like one, and I just, the utterings are ridiculous, but they, he's heard every single one. Mm. And then you come to the bread. And, and then you're able, because of that, because of what he's done, you're able to go into the presence of God. Mm. Do you know what it says here? In verse 25, it says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another we've just had four or five encouragements otherwise we might be sitting there thinking what i've experienced is all that's happened is that right but we've heard other people who've who just enjoyed god's presence and and shared a little bit with us and all the more as you see the day approaching wouldn't it have been a lovely time just to meet with God and to make him the focus 
and to see how the eternal presence of Jesus is what it's all about. And we'll, one day we'll see the true layout in heaven, the cross, everything based on the cross and Jesus and him as the center of it all, being able to meet close with him. Enjoyed the time with you and I'm so blessed to hear your testimonies of what God's said and done. Father, we thank you for this time together and as we worship, may we worship you in spirit and in truth and bring glory to the eternal name of Jesus, our King and our God. Amen.